Hi, I'm Christine Anderson, a librarian who loves reading everything from classics to modern thrillers. And I'm Josie Thames, a professional nice person and scheduler who primarily reads from gigantic backlists of fantasy novels and romantic comedies. We love talking about books and book culture so much, we founded the Fox and Heron Literary Society. Welcome to Off Subject with Fox and Heron. It is episode six of Off Subject. Christy, I have big news. Oh, what is it? Of course. I bought a new bookshelf. Where did you get it from? I got it at an auction. It was the first time it was this, it, um, it was Emma Marie's antique shop on Front Street here in Georgetown. And it was their first auction that they had had in a year since March 15, 2020. It was their first auction. So Richie and I wandered around and I put a little, let's just put a little sticker and a little bid on this cute little, I'll take a picture of it, but it's a cute little white bookshelf. I just loved it so much. And I won, I won, my bid won. I was so excited. Oh, she doesn't know this yet. Surprise, we've moved Catherine's keyboard out of her room and I have put a bookshelf over there in the corner and that's where I'm going to move my 2020 and 2021 purchases into this bookshelf because I'm cleaning out the old sewing corner because now it's just become a catch-all right. with books. So <laughs> I've got to clear that out and I'm gonna clear that out and have a nice, because I want to put another bookshelf in there. Well, it has purpose. How are you today? I'm good. I had good. a surprise book mail yesterday because Ryan had ordered something and from Amazon and he said, do you want me to go ahead and get whatever's in the cart? I said, is it just a few dollars? He said, yeah. And I didn't think about it. And so when two books came in the mail, I was so excited. <laughs> I couldn't even remember putting them in there. I remember the books because I got the pot liquor papers by John T. Edge and I been wanting this book forever and it's all about southern food and history and culinary anthropology of the south he is actually the host of a podcast called gravy by the southern foodways alliance and it's very interesting if you have any any interest whatsoever in southern food i'm very excited to get started on that book and then i got one called the southern larder which is another that's southern culinary food anthropology I love my food books. <laughs> wheelhouse, Christy, that is your wheelhouse. Southern food books are your wheelhouse. It is. Yep. Yep. I love that. I haven't actually heard that as part of anybody's wheelhouse before. <laughs> like, I love oh, it. Yes. I think it's so original. <laughs> I do not have any interest in cooking Southern food, but I love to eat Southern food. So I'm going to check out Gravy. That's a great name for a podcast, Gravy. Gravy. It's so perfect for that one. And I love it because they don't just talk about traditional Southern foods. They also talk about the Southern foods of, of the modern South. So, mm -hmm. so many of our neighbors are now from all over the world. And those restaurants are popping up for the first time in the South in a lot of mm -hmm. these small towns. And it's very interesting. And then I heard an episode where they were talking to a cannery where people take their produce from their own gardens and all and they take it down there to be canned and I was I just thought that was such a neat thing so there's lots and lots of they cover a wide breadth of information and I about culinary anthropology in the south and I love it I learn I always learn so much when I talk to you I'm such a nerd <laughs> but I don't care because I'm happy <laughs> there's no shame in being a nerd just getting into this episode getting into 
the meat of this episode since we've just talked about food wah, wah. getting into the meat the meat wah, wah, wah. getting into the meat of the episode we talk a lot about what we like to read but we really haven't talked at all about how we read so we've talked about the what and the why but we haven't really talked about the how and the where of, of reading so in this episode we're going to kind of focus on our specific reading rituals and I'm just going to be honest this one was really a stretch for me because I never really thought about how and where the preferences of my how and where of reading I never I never really thought about it and it was it was quite an exercise for me I I enjoyed it do you Christy do you have rituals or things that you do to get yourself ready for reading or or specifically how you like to read I didn't think I did until I saw you had started this document and I thought I don't have any rituals what am I going to write about let me see what other people put down when they talk about this type of thing and got sucked immediately down a reddit rabbit hole about what other readers do and so I realized I really do. I had just never thought about it. You know, I don't really read in the mornings. I know a lot of people read in the mornings. That's when I do my the quick six minute daily devotional podcast. And I like to start off with that. And I do my crossword puzzles, my New York crossword puzzle. <laughs> they You can do the mini for free every day. So I do that one. I do most of my reading in the evenings and hit a point where I'm tired of the noise of TV or video games, music that sort of thing. And so I like to zone out with my book and I just ask Ryan if he wants to turn the TV off and he's always game for that. And or he'll sit and read his barbecue books or he just got Rodney Scott's um, first cookbook that just released on barbecue and he's finished reading it already. Oh, dear goodness. <laughs> he reads faster than I do when he wants to. Or he'll sit there and watch uh, barbecuing or wood turning videos. So so wholesome that is just the most wholesome thing I have I just I love that so much (laughs) that's our evening at home when my dad would always send Ryan YouTube videos to watch when they they learned how to use the lathe and do the wood turning and all together and text Ryan um links to YouTube videos I got some YouTubes for you and my dad is from the south I don't know why he says it like that (laughs) so precious YouTube's for you to watch I loved it. (laughs) So I mainly read in my recliner. I like to be where, you know, just cozy down. I've got all my little pillows and blankets all stacked around me and it's optimal nesting. You know, you got to get your little cozy on. I feel like Big Bird in this little nest where you sit at his little blanket. (laughs) And then I like a mug of something warm. Um, Usually in the evenings I have hot cocoa, but sometimes I'll have tea as long as it's decaf because mm-hmm. I will get wired and stay up all night long, <laughs> no matter how tired I am. I do read in bed on occasions where uh, I just can't seem to turn my mind off. So it mm-hmm. helps to clear my mind if I have the book to read. I usually have to turn off the lamp and read on my my tablet because Ryan gets very irritated with my lamp on. There were past angry incidents where <laughs> somebody was very tired and couldn't sleep. I guess if I had like my full perfect, I would have complete silence, 
so I can just completely focus on what's happening in the book and there's not kids in the background or singing or television happening and it's rare when you live with other people and have animals in your house <laughs> that you get yeah. that, that kind of silence and quiet and solitude but I only listen to audiobooks on my commute when I or when I take a walk alone mm -hmm. I've tried First things first, when you're reading at the beach, prime real estate is important. You don't want to be next to the people with the loud radio or the million kids or the family reunion or any of that stuff. And then you have to know which way the tide's going so you don't have to keep scooting your chair back when the tide starts coming in. <laughs> and then it turns into, okay, you've got your umbrella set up and out and you're going to be out there for a while you know, where's the sun? Where's your shade going to be? Where do you need to camp out so you can be there for the longest amount of time before you have to move? There's lots of things to consider when you're reading at the beach. There's a science to it. This much, a lot more easier for me now to read at the beach than when the boys were younger, because you know, you have to watch them at oh, all yeah. times. <laughs> they like to wander out as deep as they possibly can and give you a heart attack. So you can't really, I, you know, for years I couldn't read at the beach. This is one of my favorite things. And now that they're teenagers, I don't, I don't worry as much. I still worry. I don't worry as much. You look up once a chapter. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> I can enjoy this so much more now that they're so much older. And it's also the reason, you know, I never listen to audiobooks at the beach. And I just, I think because when, when I go, I'm always with someone else, like either the kid yeah. or Ryan. And I hate having my headphones in and because I, I feel like I'm inviting people to not talk to me and I don't want that. I also take an actual book with me to read instead of an e-reader because you know, the polarized lenses in my glasses makes it hard to see the screen and then you're having to constantly worry about it getting sand or water or something like that. So I just, I only take real books and I'm sad to say that I have ruined a lot of books that way. Now, ultimately, you know, wet towels get dumped in the beach bag on top of whatever I was reading, but it's okay. Oh. That's got to be a boy life thing. I've not had that happen, but, but I also am such a control freak. I don't let them put anything in the beach bag. I pack it all up. I, yes. They are in charge of folding all their things and putting it in their chair. And then I pack it. Yes. I'm just happy to get off the beach with everything we brought with us at the point we left. If it's all thrown in my bag, I don't care. Let's just go. When it's time to go, it's time to go. Because usually by that time, everybody's tired and a little bit sunburned and a little bit cranky because they're hungry. <laughs> so it's just time to leave. Yeah. When I'm on the beach or outside or at the boat or wherever in the summertime, I really shift my focus to lighter, happier beach reads. Um, the weather's great. It's happy outside. You know, it just fits. Reading at the beach can be dangerous. I've gotten a concussion sitting on the beach reading. Please walk me through this because I need to know how one gets a concussion <laughs> while reading at the beach. <laughs> I was at the beach with my sister and my two boys. The two boys were directly in front of me, but down by the water's edge, they were playing in the sand. My sister took a walk and I was sitting there reading in my big floppy beach hat. And it was a rather windy day and a tourist, because I, I choose to believe that was not one of my fellow locals, um, but their umbrella got away from them. And it was flipping through the air and I didn't know what hit me, 
it was just new pain <laughs> and I was suddenly surrounded by people and I remember asking somebody what happened what happened and there was a nurse who happened to be on the beach and she said I have never seen anybody get hit that hard I really feel like you need to call an ambulance <laughs> up at the doctor's later and he was like you have a concussion <laughs> but you could see the mark like on my head forever afterwards but yes reading is dangerous it is an adventure sport <laughs> despite what anybody says that sounds like something that would be in a movie like it should be in a romantic comedy and the female protagonist is just trying to sit on the beach and read her book and she gets foo, 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 in the head with an umbrella and then that's how she meets the male protagonist it was the male protagonist umbrella in the romantic comedy that I'm writing in my head <laughs> it was the guy chasing the umbrella down the beach so there you go <laughs> somebody brought me an ice pack all all the fellow beachgoers were super nice about it my kids laughed because <laughs> they didn't realize how serious it was they just thought it was funny I got hit with an umbrella yeah they just saw mom get smacked in the head with an umbrella that's all that's yeah all. my sister got back and was noticed her cup had gotten knocked over with the water she said what happened to my drink <laughs> Don't mind me over here with the ice pack a friendly stranger left me with. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I'm glad our I'm glad the beach goers were nice because I tell you what, my kids and my my sister, they weren't no sympathy. No sympathy at all. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Only me. I've had so many concussions, it's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. <laughs> when I'm older and I'm wandering around with dementia, you'll know why I had too many brain injuries. It was that beach umbrella. Yes, yeah, so that's concussion while reading story number one. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> how about you, Josie? Walk us through what your reading rituals are. Well, like you, I really didn't think I had any until I really, and I don't even know why I picked this episode. It just looked, it looked like something interesting to investigate. So, um, and then I was like, I don't, I don't have any, I am boring. I will read anywhere, literally anywhere I will read. You know, I am the green eggs and ham of reading. I will read on a plane, on a train, in a car, walking down the road with a book in my hand. Like I, that thing that we have written on my bio when we interviewed Waterfront Books, and we highlighted them, like, I will walk out of the bookstore, reading the book, walking down Front Street. It doesn't require much for me. I do want to go back to the beach, because that's where you ended. I have our own little ritual when we go to the beach. I also don't listen to an audiobook at the beach. But Richie loves, when we get out there, we like to, we're out there first thing in the morning, 8 a.m., we like to be on the beach, because that's when you can pick the best spot. That way you're not having, like you said, you're not having to move your chair back and forth. You know, you know where the tide's going to hit and you can just miss that. And then nobody else, you don't have to fight anybody else for space because you're the first one out there on the beach and then we'll be out there for hours. Um, Richie pops in. He likes to listen to Pink Floyd as soon as we get there. He likes to watch the, the waves. He likes to watch the tide and listen to Pink Floyd. So he gets in his chair, he uh, turns on his playlist, and he's gone wherever he has gone over onto the dark side of the moon for a little <laughs> while. And so I sit there, I have my book, 
and it is absolute magic. I do not have another word for it. I, I can't do an ebook at the beach because the glare and my sunglasses, I just, I, you can't see anything. So what's the point? I also, it doesn't matter to me. My beach book is whatever book I am currently reading. I read most of Dresden on the beach this summer. And, you know, thank goodness for 2020, because that's how I got most of my reading done was there on the beach, because it was the only place you could go. And so it doesn't matter to me. Whatever it is I am currently reading is my beach read. I, I have no, but this is a conversation you and I have had before that we can have in more depth on the podcast later is reading seasonally. You do and I don't. It's whatever I am currently in the mood for. Anyway, so that's how we kind of do it at the beach. And then I never have to worry about my wet book. Like I said before, I'm a complete control freak. And my book is the last thing that gets packed. My book and the phones are the last things that get packed because I don't want them to get wet. And I usually have a bag if there's a wet towel, like a little Girl Scout. Everything has a compartment. My bag is even waterproof on the inside. It's monogrammed. And so reading rituals at home actually aren't much different than yours. I read in my recliner. I mean, I, like I said, I will read anywhere. I'll read in the car when I'm not driving, a physical book when I'm not, you know, when I'm not driving, I have a book in my hand. I was also the kid who couldn't be trusted, and we've talked about this before, who couldn't be trusted to clean her room on her own because I would find something, a book under, because I wasn't always this super organized. I was a super messy kid. And I would find a book or something underneath the piles of clothes and I would be sitting there amongst them. I do have my favorite chair. I like to read in my recliner. I have a favorite blanket. It's a Hogwarts blanket that was hand knit for me by a friend of ours. I like to have a cold drink, not a hot drink. I usually like to have like a sugar-free ginger ale or just a glass of water, but it, I like to have something cold when I'm drinking because with my Hogwarts blanket in my comfy recliner, I'm going to go to sleep if I have a hot drink. So, and that's normal. That's any other time except first thing in the morning. And I always, always want complete silence if possible. If it's the dream world, I have complete silence or I have thunderstorms playing on my Spotify playlist. I counted, I have 217. I have at least 217 unread books in my house right now. I will never, I am not going to run out of reading material. Of those 217, at least five of them are collections because I have my Douglas Adams, Jane Austen, Sherlock Holmes, P.G. Wodehouse, um, Emily Giffen. So I have at least five bound collections that have at least four to five novels in them already. So really it's more like 237 unread books in my house. I'm not going to run out of things to read should it, we have a freak hurricane. Well, hurricanes aren't freaks around here, but a freak blizzard or hurricanes coming. I'm good. I'm just, okay. I'm good. Yeah. I, I would almost rather a blizzard than a hurricane. <laughs> hurricanes, the weather's so hot and sticky afterwards. Mm-hmm. And blizzards, when we had and that blizzard. ice storm, it was, you know, I'm all about being cozy. So I'll take cozy weather where I can get it. As long as I don't have to be out in it. I don't actually like to be outside when the weather's like below, I don't know, 60. 
anyway here we go back on back on subject on off subject um my favorite time to read my favorite time to read is first thing in the morning i can read everywhere anywhere and everywhere but i am at my best first thing in the morning first thing in the morning i don't need my blanket so i can have my coffee i'm alert i'm awake i've had a shower my hair and my makeup are done i'm dressed and i can sit there in silence and read my book that's when i really get most of my reading done i can do pretty much a chapter a day before i go to work which is just beautiful and wonderful after work i'm tired you know i you know i i spend my whole day being nice to people and i uh, which is not bad it's my job to be nice to people and i schedule their days you know, and I'm exhausted from making small talk all day. And then I don't always have the mental fortitude to concentrate on the plot. Evening time is for sitting on the porch with Richie and listening to music or going for a golf cart ride around the neighborhood when it's nice or for sewing. Because then I can take, when I sew, I can take all my daily frustration out on that fabric. So my focus is much better in the morning. I can focus on the story. I can concentrate. However, like you, when I cannot sleep at night, like if I just can't turn my brain off, reading is the best way for me to relax. So <laughs> I uh, have my LED book light that clamps onto my book and I can focus it in away from Richie so we don't have to have an angry conversation about why it's 1 a.m. and I am still up and he is asleep. And don't you know you have to be up at 5.45? I understand that. I can't sleep right now. That doesn't happen as much anymore. The job I have now is much less stressful than the one I had before. So it's easier to turn my brain off. There in my, with my blanket and my neck pillow and my LED book light. And I can get, I can get through a chapter or two just before I go to bed at night. And then I, you know, when I find myself dropping off into my book or reading the same paragraph two or three times in a row, I was like, okay, now I can close my book and now I can go to bed. It's just reading is just so relaxing for me. It, it's the surefire way, surefire sure way to get me to go to sleep. So it's the best way for me to focus in the morning and the best way for me to go to sleep at night. It's like the, the magic cure all for me reading is reading is the magic cure-all reading on a tablet feels more like work to me because I work with my computer all day because I use my tablet to work on fox and heron stuff to work on sewing stuff it doesn't it's not as relaxing for me my brain immediately if I have my tablet my brain immediately wants to check and see what we're doing on Instagram I want to see if we have if I have any emails I want to maybe play my little June's journey mystery game it's this game that's also a story I just it's beautiful so yeah so I can't read on a tablet at all um I do like to try and make my books my physical book and my audio book as different as possible if I could have one fiction and one non-fiction going at the same time that would be great um or either the protagonist need to be different um different genders um so that way i'm not getting them my protagonists confused in what's going on in their lives 
my library hold list doesn't always want to listen to my system. So, you know, sometimes I'm reading the Midnight Library and Beach Read at the same time, and they both have female protagonists. They're both fiction. And um, I would sometimes, I'd start listening to Beach Read, and I was like, why am, what, where's Nora? Why am I suddenly listening about January? You know, and then I was like, wait, that's a different book. I can only listen to audiobooks in the car alone when I'm driving back and forth to work. Um, because if Richie's in the car with me, if anybody's in the car with me, I'm going to want to have a conversation with that person. And it's rude for me to say, well, you be quiet because I'm listening to this book. Also, I'm going to miss some important plot points if I'm trying to have a conversation and listening to a book at the same time. So I only like to do it. Um, I only like to listen to audiobooks in the car when I'm alone. Let's see. Also, <laughs> um, audiobooks tend to embarrass me when I am not alone. Like, listen, <laughs> because no matter what the book is, um, it tends to be that moment that somebody walks in or it turns on in the car that something salacious is happening or somebody's saying, um, so having some bad language. And then I look like, Lucy's reading dirty books. Like, I'm not. <laughs> I swear when I was listening to conjure women and doing laundry that book is so clean that book is so clean Christy the moment the moment um that the, the male and the female character get together like that is the moment Richie decided to like he didn't plan it but that is the moment he walked in and he was like what are you listening to I was like it's conjure women and it's not like this all the time <laughs> also the beach read I could not listen to that in the house at all like just oh my just could not just could not <laughs> I'm not listening to dirty books it's just people happen it's just the wrong moment every single time I have and you brought this to my attention I have a mug full of bookmarks I have special, I forgot about this. And, and I, it's not that I forgot. I just don't ever think about it. I have special bookmarks for different books that I read. I have about 20 and um, not all of them are, some of them are just pretty and I like them. Like one that I don't really use has Catherine's picture on it as a baby and they made it at church um, for like Mother's Day or something. And so I keep that one and I don't ever put those in books. That's just for me to look at and enjoy. Um, um, books with, so different bookmarks go for different books. And books with magic, urban fantasy, magical realism, it doesn't matter. Um, I have a Harry Potter Deathly Hallows bookmark that was a gift from my sister. It has a lot of, it has the picture of the Deathly Hallows and lots of different spells that they use in Harry Potter. So those all, anytime a book has magic in it, it gets the magic bookmark. For literary fiction or contemporary women's fiction, I use what I call my Christie bookmark, which is the book, it's, a, it's, it's the beautiful wooden handmade bookmark that you had made for me. And it's got a beautiful blue satin ribbon. So like things that I deem important books, capital I important, those get the Christie bookmark romance novels 
Um, I have a bright, it's uh, this thick, heavy paper bookmark and has beautiful watercolor stripes and it's hand lettered. It says dream big and gold, uh, embossed gold script. So I, I love to look, use that one. And it, it actually matches one of the book that I'm reading now that I'm in the middle of reading. And I just, I love to look at it every time I, it's just so pretty. Then for all of my other books that don't, you know, like really every other kind of book um, that I read, especially if it's nonfiction, I have this um, cord and it has a J on one end and a little heart on the other. And Catherine gave me that one year for my birthday about 10 years ago. So she was about 10 when she gave it to me. She saw it in Barnes and Noble and picked that up for me for my birthday one year. It always makes me smile. I have not, now having never read horror, I have to decide on a bookmark when I start reading this new Grady Hendrix novel. <laughs> um, and I have one with cows wearing tutus. And I think that might be the one because <laughs> it gets a little dark in those books sometimes. And I might need something to break it up. Like I need, might need to look. Like if, if I had been reading the Southern Book Club and not listening to it, and when we got to the raccoon scene, I might have had to just look at the, the cow with the tutu for just a moment. Just a moment before closing the book and going back up, uh, you know, like having to take a break from that scene. And then before I went back to it, I might have to look at the, the cows in the tutus one more time. Like, okay. I have to see the raccoons and tutus. Huh? Did you need the picture of the raccoons and the tutus? Oh, no, no, Less. no, no. I'm going to gag again. <laughs> oh, that was a cringe worthy scene. And it, for us to still be talking about it, you know, it was well written. I can't wait for us to talk about this book at length. I'm very excited. <laughs> Finally, Christy, I do go on when you get me talking about books and rituals and organization. I'm so sorry. I used to have a ritual for choosing my next book. I, I just need to be in therapy or be on some sort of medication. Like everything in my life has a process and I don't know why. So I have a ritual for choosing my next book. At one point I used to read in this order, literary fiction, a palate cleanser that was a rom-com or a romantic comedy palette cleanser, a nonfiction book, and then a cozy mystery palette, palette cleanser. Oh, I need to tell you what my cozy mysteries used to be. And you're going to be very disappointed in me, but I have to tell you because we're friends and I believe in full disclosure. Are you ready? I think I know the answer, but yeah. <laughs> they were the Stephanie Plum books by Janet Ivanovich. I know, I know. <laughs> You saw my Goodreads. You've seen my story graph. You know what I've read. You mentioned <laughs> Stephanie Plum before, and I was... Probably have. It, it, it's fine. It was just... They were just palate cleansers, Christy. They didn't mean anything to me. <laughs> I Apparently, she just caught me on a bad day. <laughs> I will say, one for the money is very good. The first one, like, the, I will say the first... 10 are good and then when you get past that they get real formulaic and some I've people still that, super yeah. love them but I'm just kind of past it I'm like at some point you have to make a choice Stephanie it's got to be <laughs> Ranger or the other guy Morelli 
it's got to see us to remember their names it's got to be ranger or morelli and at one point i had gotten to like 20 or something and i found i wasn't even rooting for stephanie anymore i was much more interested in what her sidekick lula was doing or grant or grandma and i was like okay if i'm no longer interested in what the protagonist is doing it's time to put these books down so right. that's when that's when i broke up with stephanie Claw. then but all that stopped when i when richie had me bookshelves built because I started reorganizing while well, I broke up with Stephanie Plum and then I started reorganizing everything. So then I just decided what I do now is um, read in order of year purchased. Like I'm still kind of in 2012, but now that I've come off of that two year reread period where I couldn't function with life and just reread comfortable books, I'm kind of picking and choosing between my backlist that's up on the shelf and new releases. Libby helps with that because I can read a lot more new, I can listen to a lot of new releases through Libby. And then um, I also made the mistake of asking Instagram what to read next. And they voted on Anna Karenina and I still haven't forgiven them for that. <laughs> and when I looked and I decided, okay, well, I can't read this physical book. I cannot do it. I'm going to listen to it. A lot of people said, you're going to have to break it down. You're going to have to listen to it. Okay. Well, Libby told me that the audiobook for Anna Karenina is 34 hours long. That is a work week. <laughs> like, it's going to take me two months to read this book, to listen to this book. If it takes me 14 hours, not 14 hours, if it takes me 14 days to read, an 11 hour book I I I, I don't know I don't know it, I and I worry that I'm already setting myself up for not liking this book and that I'm gonna not finish it I'm gonna be like I already know I don't like it so I'm not gonna read it I'm not gonna listen to it I'm gonna see what they're doing on the office ladies podcast instead that's what that's what I'm gonna end up doing <laughs> I'm setting myself up for failure <laughs> that's pretty much every ritual of reading that I can think of for me thinking I had none to realizing I probably just need to be in therapy or take a nap when you really start to look at it I was surprised at at how many little things that I have and I do I will add that I used to love reading on car trips and as I've gotten older I get car sick if I read too much and that makes me very sad because that's prime re reading time <laughs> Tell us, what are your reading rituals? Do you have a special spot, need a snack, snuggle under the covers? Send us your responses, comments, and questions to foxandheronbooks at gmail.com. And we're back. Now it's time for a segment that we like to call Book Report, where Christy and I talk about either a book we've just finished or a book we are currently reading. Why don't you start us off, Christy? So I finished all my scaries, decided to go for some lighter material. I'm about halfway through listening to Pat Conroy's South Abroad. Mm. And I don't know why, because I'm interested. I think about these characters later. But for some reason, I feel like I am just plotting through this audiobook. And I was already 30% done with it previously. Put it down and just was like, eh. I don't know why. Anyway, Pat Conroy is awesome. Who knows? I find the whole plot intriguing. Something's going down. Everybody in Charleston has their secrets. Oh yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I've wanted to go in the completely opposite direction since year one was all about pandemic and death and all of that. (laughs) Anyway, I decided to go for much lighter reading and avoid (laughs) the ghosts and the demons and the pandemic and (laughs) evil villains. um, I picked up Jennifer Weiner's Big Summer and it's so good. It is so good. I don't think I've ever read anything from her before. So this was the first time I've picked up one of her books and I have flown through it this week. It's been perfect to get my mind off of things. It starts off with that light, fluffy, airy beach read type feeling to it. It's about a plus plus size Instagrammer and borrowing it from the library, but I'm reading it. It's not an audiobook. Okay. okay. So, but then halfway through, it kind of turns into a mystery. And I feel like, oh, I'm getting the best of both worlds. This is awesome. Which I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I got to make a bit of that. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So, this has been perfect. And I'm about to finish it. Like, I have a few pages left and I'm just itching to see who did it. I'm so excited for you. I can't, I, I'm going to, this is going to be, I've not heard of this. I love Jennifer Weiner. I'm trying to remember what it is of hers I've, I've read. I know I've read her stuff before. But, and I've got more of her stuff on my shelf, which is, I love the way she writes. She has, she's got really good stuff. So I'm, I've got to get, what's it called again? Big Summer. Big Summer. Oh, I like that. Wait a minute. Is the character's name Summer? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was getting ready to have an entirely different opinion of this book. Okay. There is no cat shaming. <laughs> okay, good. As a lifelong chubby person, I have a real hard time with that. That one get that one's getting bumped up. Yes. protagonist turned into mystery yeah we're here we're here for it i love it very fun plus size protagonist i love them. and she loves um, new york so there you go it's just checking off more boxes that's <laughs> all i need to hear I'm, I'm there for it i just finished beach read by emily henry it was a no- romance novel and uh, i literally have it here in my notes to fan myself that's how steamy this book was when I go back and I think about it, it, there were only like two scenes that were super steamy, but they felt like it felt just the overall arching vibe of the book was very steamy. As I'm listening to this book, I could not listen to it anytime Richie was around because he was going to be like, you're listening to dirty, dirty books. And I'm not listening to dirty books. He knows how I feel about Fifty Shades of Grey. But romance novels are one of my favorite genres because it's all about they're female protagonists, and we'll, we have a whole romance novel episode planned out, and I'll get on my high horse about that later. Romance novels really put women at the center, and it's about women living their lives and getting what they want. And a lot of times in literary fiction, women are the doormats. You know what I mean? Lots of bad things happen to women in literary fiction. So I love a romance novel. I'm not listening to dirty books, but I was fanning myself in the bathroom getting ready in the morning or on the way to work oh my oh my like oh my january <laughs> that was the lead character's name that was the female that was the protagonist's name january andrews has recently lost her father and she has writer's block she writes romance novels for a living so her father has um willed to her his beach cottage in north Bear shore michigan which is a fictional place so she moves into his cottage for the summer uh, to try and get over her writer's block. And who 
should be her next door neighbor, but college rival, Augustus Everett, who was the literary fiction darling of the world. Not just that well, they went to um, University of Michigan together and he was like the star of their writing program and they were always just like neck and neck. And he always teased her about how she wrote happy endings for everything. Their rivalries start to play out on a bigger level because, you know, there's a bookstore in town and um, we really get to see this, this play out and they end up making a bet because we find out that Gus is also suffering from writer's block. And so they make a bet that Gus will write a romance novel and January will write literary fiction. And so they take each other on research trips about what it's like. This is what it's like in the world of romantic comedy. And this is what it's like to do research for a literary fiction novel. And they, I can't even say friends. I mean, they... They didn't, they were rivals to lovers. And like, just like I said, just every time, I mean, there was just a lot of heat between the two of them always from the beginning. I mean, it, it was really well done, not dirty, but really well done. What really drew me into this book, it was a beautiful mix of romantic comedy and literary fiction, just like the two main characters. Whenever January's going through some stuff, and we really get drawn into her world and why she's wanting to write this literary fiction book. And so they, um, author Emily Henry really does a great job of showing you the grittier sides because we, she goes on these little field trips with Gus. That's her nickname for him is Gus. And they go on these little field trips and that really, it makes you forget for a minute that this is really a romantic comedy. Yet people are really going through some real stuff in the world you know, and then something crazy will happen, you know, uh, to, um, to one of them, and it gets you pulled, pulls you right back into romantic comedy, so she, Emily Henry did a great job of marrying the two genres, um, fans of romance novels in general are going to like this book, um, but also people who like to read fiction about writers, um, and those who love the rivals to lovers trope. I can't call them enemies. They were never enemies. They were just rivals. And who might want their romance grounded in a little more reality. However, I would recommend reading this book, either the paperback or ebook. I do not recommend listening to the audio Although the narrator, Julia Whalen, she was very good. I sometimes forgot that she was a woman when she was narrating, when she was doing um, Augustus's voice. Um, she was very skilled. She was fun to listen to, but it just the blush factor was too high for me to listen to this woman narrate this romance novel. So I would definitely say you need to, I would think reading it in physical or ebook form would, would be the best but on the whole I mean I, I loved it I really loved it I still find myself thinking about those characters that she created I want to find more things by her um to read and see um how she how she handles other situations other and others that other than um writing about 
writers because I'm sure she's written about other things because she said this whole book sprung up when she had writer's block. So she started writing about what it was like to have writer's block and how the whole thing sprung up. I really, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, you know, it just, I made me blush, just made me blush. (laughs) And that's it for this week. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. It helps us with sponsorships and to get potential guests. Also, we would love it if you would recommend our podcast to your bookish friends or all of your friends, really. We want you to recommend it to everyone, but I think we're just fun to listen to, to ramble on. We are pretty much anywhere you can get your podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, Google. I'm sure there are others where we can be found. And you can get in on the bookish conversation by following us on Instagram at Fox and Heron Books. On Facebook, we are the Fox and Heron Literary Society. And our Twitter handle is Fox Heron. You can also visit our website at foxandheronbooks.wix.com slash salons. You can find all the books we talk about in the show notes on our website. And you can purchase books from our bookshop.org account, which benefits independent bookstores. Thanks for listening to Off Subject with Fox and Heron. Until next week, goodbye and happy reading. And you know what? Get lit. I was just so happy when he wasn't a toddler anymore and I didn't have to pick him up and carry Sandy baby to the to the thing and like stand him in the back seat and wrap him burrito style in a beach towel and then seat belt him in so sand isn't all over the place it was already bad enough but a beautiful visual that is Christy. <laughs>